Amen. Our Lord is worthy to be praised. Amen. And it will go on and on. That's why the scripture gives us a preview into the worship that takes place in heaven. Praise the Lord. Because our God is worthy to be praised. On this side of the shore, we are restricted with so many things. But praise God. God who is eternal. From eternity to eternity, he is God. And his every moment is worthy to be praised. Praise God. Catching that glimpse of his glory will be such a blessed thing for us. Amen. Please be seated. Thank the Lord this morning. The Lord has allowed us to be in his presence. And we thank the Lord for the privilege that the Lord gives us to come and linger in his presence. And when we do so, our lives are enriched by the presence of God. This morning, we are delighted to have Pastor Finney Samuel here with us. He's the pastor of Amazing Life Church. He's been ministering in Ranchi, Jharkhand uh, for the last 14 years. We thank the Lord for this man of God who is ministering in Ranchi. What is so special about Jharkhand for us? Jharkhand is one of our mission field, and we thank the Lord for this. And this brother, Pastor Finney Samuel, is working in the capital of Jharkhand, Ranchi. And we thank the Lord for his presence here. His wife, Priya, and he has two kids, eight and six-year-old. You serve the Lord together for the last 14 years. He's been ministering there, and he's going to come, and he's going to bring God's word. We will sit in the presence of the Lord with a prayerful attitude. Pastor Finney Samuel. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. What a powerful worship we had this morning. And I'm sure we all felt the presence of God moving in this room. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful God we have. What a mighty God we have. Amen. Amen. I was so uh, happy to be here this morning because, um, you know, I'm missing my church. Uh, it's been three weeks. I'm out of my church, uh, more than three weeks. I actually came to Orlando for a conference with, you know, you might know Samaritan Purse. I work with Samaritan Purse. And so we had a conference for a week, and then I'm visiting my sister here in Philadelphia. I had no plans to be here this morning, but I had a talk with your pastor yesterday, and uh, he said, why don't you come and, you know, share the word. So I just want to thank your pastor for giving me this opportunity and uh, as I was worshiping here, I, I was just missing my church. You know, the presence of God unite our hearts together. Amen. 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 And I miss it. And the reason I say I miss it, because I feel the presence of God. Every Sunday when we come together in our church, I feel like heaven keeps getting wider and God's presence coming stronger upon our church. Amen. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of stories, and I was talking to pastor yesterday. He told me what's happening in Jharkhand, and I also heard a story about, you know, one of the pastor who was, you know, who was jailed. And I mean, things like that is happening all over India. You know that. You know the story. You know the news. But let me tell you, there is another thing, the other side of the story, the better side of the story. The better side of the story is we haven't seen a revival ever like we see today. Amen. 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 And that's the answer of your prayer. I know you are praying for your nation. 
I know you are sending people to your nation. I know there is a heart. Everybody here has a heart that, you know, Lord, work in our country. And I'm here to tell you, it is happening right now when I speak to you. I haven't seen young people coming to Lord. We have baptism almost every month. I mean, we can do baptism every week. But we say, come on, wait for three weeks and we can do it all together. Every month baptisms because people are turning away from their wicked ways and coming to the Lord, the Savior. And I call that a revival. <laughs> if that's not revival, what revival is? We had a convention for... Uh, you know, our annual meeting for three days and that annual meeting got over and I, our young people really work hard to make that happen. Thousands of people come in and then you, you have to host those thousands of people and there are meal three times and my young people were tired and I said, go home, get rest after three days. And what I see, all of them on their knees, tired, but worshiping the living Lord. Hours together. I went up and I saw what's happening. And I asked him. Don't you guys want to go home? And they said no. We just want to be in the presence of the Lord. Just want to soak in the presence of God. That's what is happening. So, I was here in this church 10 years ago, a long time back. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank Uncle Matthew who hosted me last time, and uh, uh, it was a good time. Uh, I mean, that time the church name was different. We had a different name for the church. This time it's a new name. And, uh, and with that new name, it tells me something because it reminds me of my beginning in Ranchi. And I want to tell you that, and I want to begin with that, and maybe... Uh, I'll finish it on time. Not maybe. I'll finish it on time. Uh, when I was what, 19 years old, preparing myself in a Bible college for the ministry, I had greater plans for my life because my father planted a church in Ranchi, and that's why we were, we were settled in Ranchi. But I wanted to move out, right? wanted to study. So I was praying and God said, you have to go back to Ranchi. There is some unfinished work that needs to be done. So I went back to my place. Stayed there. So at the age of 19, I took over the charge of the church. And you know, God promised me too many things. But looked like in the first few years of the ministry, nothing was happening. And I started asking God, God, I mean, you told me there will be people who would come to you. They will repent from their sins. When is that going to happen? When I'm going to see young people in my church? We only had four or five young people. Can you imagine a pastor with four young people in the church? <laughs> and so I had to play the guitar. I had to sing, I do the worship, and I had to preach. And I kept praying. We had around 70 people in the church. I said, Lord, 
to speak to me. You know what the first thing God told me? After this two or three years of praying and asking God, he said, you need to start new. You need to start fresh. And started with changing the name of the church. <laughs> so we named it Amazing Life Church. It's not about the name. It's about the vision that God has given to the church. The vision has become bigger. The vision has become greater. The vision is reaching the ends of the world. That's the vision. That's the goal. That's the call in our life. Go and reach out to all nations. Baptizing them in the name of Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. All nations. Your vision increases. When your vision you know, becomes bigger, name changes. Because it talks about the vision that you carry as a church. And I believe that's the beginning. Name changed. But it was just not the name. The vision changed. God gave us a bigger and a greater vision. And we started seeing the work of the Lord in our church. Not five young people, but 50, then 100, then 200, then 300, then 400 young people. And then the families, on families. We are now about 1,000, around 800 to 1,000 people in our church and it's not stopping. The church is growing. We don't have place to sit in the church. There is no place to sit. So people are sitting. I mean, the chairs are full. People are ready to sit on the floor. <laughs> I got a picture this morning from my church. You know, our church is over in India. People are sitting on the floor because chairs are over. We have a, we have a church seated up. 400 people can sit at one time. But we do. We do three services right now in our church. God, when he gives, gives a vision, he fulfills it. So I say, my prayer, God, this was my prayer. Will I ever see a revival in my lifetime? Because I used to read about revival. In my Bible school's library. We used to talk about revival. In our classrooms. My prayer was. Will I ever see it in my lifetime? And I stand here today to tell you. I am witnessing the revival. Amen. And I'm sure this is just the beginning. It's not going to stop. It is just the beginning. So whatever news that you hear, you just need to say praise the Lord because God is in control. Hallelujah. The history tells us every time there was a church growth, the circumstances was very, very difficult. You know that, right? But church loves to grow in those circumstances. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Verses 17. And this is what it says. In the last days. In the last days it will be. God declares. That I will pour out my spirit 
upon all flesh. <clears throat> I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Now what is the um, great commission that God has given us? Go to the nation. Make disciples. How do you think we are going to do that? How is that ever going to be possible? How are we going to reach out to the world? That's the commission. Are we, are we actually living up to what God has asked us to? Do we know our mandate? Do we know our calling? Why are we called? Why are we, do we call ourselves separated people? Sometimes the understanding of God in our life and it's changing, it's changing rapidly and I see this changing rapidly and especially when I see in my church second and third generation of Christians. You know, the definition of being a Christian is changing altogether. <laughs> they don't understand what is the saving hand of God. What they know is I'm a Christian. How do you know that? I mean, I go to Sunday school and I've been raised in the church. I have read the Bible. I have, you know, all these uh, uh, scriptures that I memorized. I mean, what else a Christian should have? <laughs> I mean, they consider themselves Christians, but they are being deceived, deceived by the enemy, the devil. There is nothing about Christ in their life. The only thing remains is what they do. How are we going to reach out with to the world with a generation who are not saved? They think they are saved, but they are not. They think they are Christian, but they are not. Because they are still have to repent from their sin. God has a mandate. And you see, how this, the whole... Um, uh, definition of being a Christian changes because when I talk to young people all across this is what they think if I be a good Christian and when they say good Christian they only talk about things they do right if I be a good Christian God is going to bless me this is this is the correlation, the result of being a good Christian. He's going to bless me. What is the understanding of blessing? I want to know, what do you think about blessing? You know, I mean, God will help me study well. God will give me a job. I would get settled. I mean, I may, I mean I've, I have, I have, I'll have my own car, my own house. Is that a blessing? Is that a blessing? So you think people living in Jharkhand, in villages, have no car, no house, no food to eat, are not blessed, who love the Lord dearly? They are being beaten up for their faith. Do you know that? One of our sisters in our church was beaten up so badly. She had to run from her house. And she had to hide in the 
pond. You see the pond. She has to get inside the pond, dip herself inside, stay there hiding all night. Because the villagers were searching her to kill her. The next morning, she ran to the church. But you know what? She has more than 100 souls in her name. <laughs> and she is still, she is still one of the most soul winner of our church. What do you think about her? She may not have a big job, no money, but maybe she's blessed. Amen. Amen. Maybe she is the one that God is going to call her name on the day of judgment on the whole, maybe on eternity when he's going to call and say, come here, my faithful one. We need to change the definition of blessing. Blessing doesn't mean a good health. It doesn't mean a good job. It doesn't mean your wealth. Blessing is having Jesus in you. <laughs> If there is no Jesus, you are not blessed. No matter what you have in his name. You think in his name. But you don't have Jesus. You are not blessed. When we go to heaven, we think about having a, a road of gold and you know whatever. <laughs> but how many of us are preparing to see Jesus? I mean, roads cannot be more beautiful than Jesus. Heaven cannot be more beautiful than Jesus. I am waiting to see Jesus. Amen. I am blessed because I have Jesus. Amen. I might die today, but I will live forever because I have Jesus. What is the definition for blessing for you today? I want it to change for Christians. I want that to change for Christians. I ideally want. And I pray God. One day will come. When people will. Think you are the greatest blessing of their life. Not the things that comes in your name. Not the healing that comes in the name of Jesus. You may be healed. May not be healed. But one thing is for sure. If you are saved, you will live forever. I will pour out my spirit, says the Lord, in the last days. How are, we, how are we supposed to reach out to the world? The only way we can reach out to the world is when we are filled with the spirit of God. It is his mandate. It is his work. It is not our work. It is his work. He doesn't want me, but he wants his spirit in me who would help me to do what he wants. And I can only consider myself blessed. <laughs> blessed because I have the spirit of God. Blessed because you have poured it into me, O oh Lord. Blessed because I cannot do what you want. I cannot love people. I cannot love all of them. I cannot sacrifice for all of them. My flesh 
desires comfort. My flesh desires life. I want to love myself. That's all. My family. That's all. I cannot love the whole world. And that's why Jesus says, I will pour out my spirit upon you. And you would start loving with a new love. This, hasn't, this doesn't have to be your love. It is my love which will be poured out from your heart. In the last days. You see what? Second Chronicles chapter 7. says chapter 7 verse 14 if my people who are called by my name if if my people who are called by my name just humble themselves you think it's easy if it was easy i'm sure God didn't have to mention this. He didn't have to model it in his own life. <laughs> Humbling himself doesn't show, doesn't say that he was weak. Jesus humbled himself. He wasn't weak. <laughs> but you know, the world demands no humbleness. They talk about self-confidence. And in this self-confidence, they want to talk about, they want you to talk about things which may be true, may not be true, but you need to be confident about it. <laughs> if you have to survive. Look at this. What Jesus is saying. Who is shaping our mind? The world, the school, the college, the people around us? Who is shaping our mind? Or it is the scripture that's shaping our mind. Do not be conformed to the world. Romans chapter 12. But renewed by a renewing of your mind. <laughs> renewing of your mind. Who would renew my mind? My teachers won't do that. <laughs> my society won't do that. Mm. My friends may not do that. My, 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 my colleagues in my office may not do that. <laughs> Everywhere what I see that I need to be more smarter, more smarter. I need to fight. I need to fight. I need to go ahead. Nobody is telling, telling me. You need to renew your mind. Be humble. Trust the Lord. You don't have to fight. He will fight for you. You don't have to work hard to open the gates. He opened gates for the humble. He lifts the humble up. Stay humble. It's not an easy thing to do. And that's why the word says, we have to keep reminding ourselves. If God has to pour his spirit in us, and if we have to do, live, for the purpose. Now, just imagine for a moment. If Jesus is going to come right now, today. What do we have in our bank? What are we going to take it? What did we do? Did we obey his commandment? 
love your neighbors? Did we fulfill his commission? How many of you can proudly stand in the king's throne if he comes today? I want you to think. Because most of the time, our mind is filled. What is going to be my next job? What is going to be? Which one is going to be? Where am I going to buy my next house? Stop it for a moment. Think about this. If Jesus is going to come today, who cares what job are you going to do tomorrow? Nobody. But will you go empty-handed? Saying, sorry, Lord. I just, I just couldn't, I just didn't have time, Lord. If my people, God says, now look at how, what God says. If my, he's calling us his people. If my people whom I have called, you did not choose God. He chose you. <laughs> Remember that. He chose, he has to choose us first. So if my people who have been called by my name, just humble themselves. Pray and seek my face. You see, humbleness leads us to pray. When we don't pray, we think I'm good enough. I can manage. <laughs> I can manage. I have pretty doing pretty good in my life. Don't have to worry. I have a lot of securities around me. But when we humble ourselves, the first thing we do is we seek the face of the master. Hallelujah. Seek the face of the master. Our life changes because we are now seeking the face of the master. Before we used to look into our life and we were the master of our life. Now things have changed. God is the master of my life. I am a new being. I repented, saved by the grace of God. Seek my face and turn from there wicked ways okay my people god is asking his people i'm sure all of you are here considering yourself his people <laughs> he's asking you today if my people who are called by my name if you are ready to humble yourself if you're ready to pray and seek my face and when you seek my face i'm gonna tell you the things that you need to turn away from Turn away from your wicked ways. Only when you seek my face. You see, if you don't seek your his face, you would never know what to turn away from. Because everything looks good. <laughs> Only when you seek his face. You remember Paul going to Christ? Paul praying to Christ and saying, God, I am a sinner. Why would Paul say he's a sinner? Because he looked to God. The holy God. The righteous God. God was shining so brighter and holy that every time Paul go to God, he said, God, I am such a sinner. Paul was not growing in sin, I believe. He was actually growing in righteousness. 
He was seeking more of God. And the more of God's light was shining on him. And more he could see the dirt in him. If my people who are called by my name. Humble themselves and seek my face and pray to me. And turn away from their wicked ways. Bible says I will forgive their sin. Not only that. I will heal their land. Amen. Hallelujah. You are here for a reason. You work, wherever you work, you work for a reason. If you believe God has given you that job, you are there for a reason. Wherever you live, you live for a reason. God has sent you with a purpose. If you don't have the purpose, you're missing out on the joy of the Lord. You're missing out on a one big thing in your life. You will have the whole world, but you will never have the joy. You will have the whole world, but you will never be content if you don't have the purpose of the Lord. How many of you will have the purpose today? How many of you want to stand and say, Lord, I am ready to obey your word. And I want to be the one who reach out to the world. I will pour out my spirit. I was this young boy in the college when I was, you know, a Bible college. And this was my first year, first month. <clears throat> first year, first month. And I went to this church, which was close to my college. And as I, as I was entering the church, the pastor looked at me. He just smiled. Maybe he was welcoming me. And then he asked me to sit. So I sat there. And after the church got over, he came and talked to me. He said, would you, would you like to sit with me for a meal? I said, yeah, why not? You know. I was, I was in a hostel, so I was anywhere looking for a good food. <laughs> so I went with the pastor for a food. And while we were eating, this is what the pastor said. He said, hey, and I was what, 16, 17 years old? He said, hey, you know what, when you entered that gate, God spoke to me. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> what's that? And he said, God spoke to me that this young man would lead a church, the English church in this, in your church, right? The English service in your church. I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, I'm just in this college, the Bible college. I'm thinking three years of this Bible college is going to prepare me to, you know, to teach me how to preach. <laughs> I don't know anything. I mean, he knew my father. So I thought, maybe you know my father. He was a great preacher. Maybe you are mis you know, you, you're misunderstanding with that. I'm not a great preacher. He said, I don't know, Finney. But when you entered that gate, God spoke to me. Are you ready to take this response? I said, no. <laughs> so he said, okay, I'll let you pray and think about it. And, you know, I had, to, I had to go and I had to fight this out because I'm starting a new journey with the Lord. And how am I going to disobey God at the beginning? So at the end, I said, okay, let me try. But don't let me preach. I would come sing some songs. To lead the worship. He said okay. So we did that for a few weeks. And then one Sunday he called me up. And he, uh, one Monday he calls me. And he said be prepared for the next Sunday. I said why? Because I'm not going to be here. You're going to preach. I was scared to death. <laughs> I mean I am open. I'm 
<clears throat> and this is, mind you, this is just first few months, first or second month in my college. I mean, we have not yet opened the Bible in the Bible college yet. <laughs> and I have to preach. I said, God, how am I going to preach? So anyway, you know, I, my sister is here today. I have three sisters. Uh, so they, when I was in Sunday school, they actually gave me, helped me memorize a, a message for Sunday school, you know, thing. And this message was about love, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So I thought, okay, maybe this would work today. So I took that message about love. But when I saw the people and my time came to preach, I was nervous. And I looked at all these people and I couldn't speak. So I said, okay, uh, today I'm here to talk to you about love. And people are smiling, you know, a young boy. They know that I'm nervous. And I said, okay, you know, God loved me. God loves you. We need to love others. Uh, we need to love our parents. We need to love our friends. Uh, we need to love our church members. And uh, we need to love. And, you know, and people are looking at me, yeah, what next? I don't know. <laughs> Gone. Nothing is there. I said, why don't we just close our eyes and pray? <laughs> and so they are thinking, is this guy going to start with this prayer or is it over? I knew it's over. <laughs> so as you're laughing, they were laughing at me. <laughs> So, and I felt bad. I went back to my college. I said, God, why did you, why did you ask me to do this? I, I, I knew I couldn't do this. And God reminded me. How much do you pray? I mean, I pray. Before going to bed, God, keep me safe. Thank you for the day. And I pray before eating the meal. Bless this food. And God said, we need to pray. And I didn't know to spend time in the presence of God. So I tried. I went to the ground. I walked. I'm taking five more minutes, Pastor. I'm sorry. I went to the ground. I'm walking there. And I'm praying. But prayer looks like it's like, you know, like five minutes is too much. So the first time I prayed and I said, Amen, I looked at my watch, it was just five minutes. I said, man, I've been praying here for like 30 minutes, I guess. So I said, God, I'll come back again tomorrow. I can't pray anymore today. Would you let me pray for 10 minutes? Okay. I went. It was just foolish prayer, I guess. And then I went. I came back and I started praying and I said, Amen. And I said, looked at my watch, it was 10 minutes. I'm like, what? Really? Okay, tomorrow, not today. Tomorrow, 15 minutes. You know, and I come the next day, I pray 15 minutes. I was like happy. <laughs> you know, so I said 15, then 20, 25 to 30, 35 to 40, and then it went on for hours and, and, and praying. So this is just um, uh, after this incident happened, the, last, the next two weeks, I'm just praying. And what am I praying in the ground? What am I praying? This is only one prayer that I was praying. Walking on the ground, I'm praying, God, can you pour out your spirit 
in me. Can you pour out your spirit in me? That's all I'm praying. Hours together in tears. Can you pour out your spirit as I seek your face? As I repent from my sin, would you pour out your spirit? By the end of the second week, I was standing in the ground praying the same prayer. I felt like the heaven opened. Felt like the power of God just came upon me. Hallelujah. And the very first time, I experienced the presence and the power of God. And tell you the joy. God hears our prayer. He answers our prayer. And if you are struggling today, I want you to go back and pray. There is nothing better that God wants to give you. Is <laughs> his presence. More than anything that you are asking, take a pause. <laughs> go to God and say, need your presence. After two weeks, I went back to this church. Main church. A lot of people. I'm sitting up front. I felt like God speaking to me. Open your Bible. I opened up. Read the Bible. John chapter 1 verse 1. Okay, I read it. I didn't understand much. I just read it. And God said, you're going to preach. I said, that's not going to happen. I, I thought, you know, like, this is too much. <laughs> so, uh, and, but this kept on coming to me. You need to preach. I said, I cannot. And God said, this time is different. I am with you. Trust me. Get up. And I said, no. Okay, said I said, okay, Lord. Let's make a deal. This is a senior pastor. I cannot go to him, you know, and I tell him that I'm going to preach today. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. So if you can speak to me, and if this is you who are speaking to me, like, no, you can speak to the pastor. So if pastor asked me, I would know that this is you, and I would, I would just go up. I just made this prayer and you know, the next thing I see pastor come to me and, you know, tapping me on the shoulder. I look at his face. He's confused. He looks very confused. <laughs> and he looks at me and I say, I think you're going to preach. I said, what? And he's not sure. I'm not sure. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to preach today. I got up took that one verse, stood in the same church after two weeks, spoke the word. Fifteen minutes, thirty minutes, forty-five minutes. When I open my eyes, I see every single member in the power of the Holy Spirit. Praying and crying in the presence of God. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. Hallelujah. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit. I want you to believe it. I want you to take it today. I want you to make it your own. Say in the last days, God is going to pour out his spirit in me. And I am going to be his witness. That is my joy. That 
is my contentment. Let's close our eyes as we pray. Let's close our eyes as we pray and seek the face of the God, Lord. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, humble themselves, pray, pray and seek my face and will repent from their wicked ways. I will, I will forgive their sins and not only their sins, but I am going to heal their land. I'm going to use them as an instrument in my hand. I will heal their land. This is what the Lord said.